You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the Serum Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management archaeology and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 234 for March 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Webster. On today's show, we talk to Dr. Jason King about a new CRM field school that he's running in Illinois this year. So get your application together because the CRM Archaeology Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the show, everyone. Joining me today as co-hosts are Heather. Good morning, everybody. And Andrew. Hey, guys. How's it going? Both in California. I'm just not saying it anymore because it's just like everybody's in California. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some areas in California are better than others, but... That's true. And the ironic thing is I'm I'm like an hour from both of them, Andrew and Heather right now. So yes. we happen to be in California, too. So closer to Andrew. Yeah. So close yet so far. I know. I know. So... <laughs> Anyway, so we have a great podcast today, and it's it's about a CRM field school, which I don't think we've ever talked about at anybody that's actually running one. But, you know, we have talked about the need for them. I'm going to read our guest bio real quick, and then we'll bring him on. So Dr. Jason King is the executive director of the Center for American Archaeology in Campsville, Illinois. He earned his BA from the University of South Carolina and MA and PhD from the University of New Mexico. Since 2001, he has directed CAA field work and field schools at several lower Illinois Valley sites, including Mount House, Golden Eagle, Campsville Lock, and German sites. His primary research interests focus on the formation and maintenance of social groups during the woodland period. Jason, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Uh, it's going great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. No, I was made aware of what you're doing and, and your field school and introduced to you through the Center for Field Sciences, who we are actually talking about hopefully doing some advertising with because they are helping promote and get people to field schools. And that just sounds like a, a really great opportunity. And the person I was talking to mentioned you and this field school. So I was like, oh, man, this is exactly the kind of thing we've been saying we need for a, for a really long time. So <laughs> why don't you why don't you start out and just tell us all about the field school and then we'll then we'll talk about it. Sure. The field school, there's there's actually two sessions of it, one in May and one in late August into September. And there are two separate four week field schools that are designed specifically to teach uh, the skills that folks going into entry-level jobs in CRM, you know, will need to actually get those jobs, as opposed to uh, what we, you know, think of as a more traditional style field schools that's more research or academic fo- work focused. Uh huh. Yeah, that is that is so necessary because, as people know, when you apply for a job in CRM, two of the primary requirements are usually a BA in something archaeology, history related, typically archaeology. And a field school, but no qualifications are ever put on that field school. Sometimes they might say regional field school, like they want somebody to have a field school locally, but I haven't seen that in a really long time. But generally, it's just like dot, dot, dot field school, right? Like, I don't know. I've been yeah. working in CRM since 2005, and my field school was a paleoanthropology site in Olduvai Gorge, Africa. Literally <laughs> didn't teach me anything about CRM in the United States. <laughs> I, I think people kind of, they've kind of given up on... <laughs> I mean, obviously, the regional aspect's important, but I think people have just, they keep lowering the bar because yeah. they're just, you know, it's difficult yeah. to put that on on people. It's just not happening. But Chris is yeah. totally ready if we find an Australopithecine. So, that Chris, totally you right. can take that. Yeah. That, that's just what I'm waiting for. That's literally what I'm waiting Never for. Know. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'll have to dig at the... Uh, the uh, oh, what is it called? The early man site in California. Nice, nice. So what what caused you to 
to put this field school together? You are you are an academic. You're a professor. What need? Well, are you I'm, I'm not to a filter? professor. Actually, I, I I'm full time no, at the CAA. Yeah. But that, but that, oh, that's, that's right, a good yeah. question. In that. I, I, it kind of all came together sort of at the right time. The Center for American Archaeology, we've been around since 53 and for decades have offered all kinds of field schools for students and, and the public to engage in archaeology. And students applying for and enrolled in our adult field school, especially it seems like to me in the past few years, have really expressed a desire for a program that will help them get land a job as soon as, you know, they are done or you know, mm-hmm. shortly after, which of course, very reasonable. And at, at the same time, as we're getting more of these questions, you know, this opportunity came up to partner with uh, a center for field sciences to develop exactly this kind of program. And so starting last summer, that's what we did. And it really is to address this need uh, for specific training for students and to meet the demand, the, the workforce demand that the CRM field has right now. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. How long has the field school been running? This particular one? This, this is brand new. Brand new. May, the May okay. program that starts May 8th, there will be our very first iteration of this specific field school. You know, as I said, the center has been operating field schools for a long time. It has yeah. been historically involved in both sort of what we call academic research and for a long time did maintain a CRM crew. And so, uh, you know, we're taking what we know and what we're really good at, which is providing programs and training in archaeology and really focusing in on uh, the kinds of skills that uh, field techs will need to land a job. So instead of block excavations or, you know, test units or, you know, really focusing on phase one work and the laws reporting, and just sort of the general doing of CRM field work for people at this level. Okay. Jason, do you, I'm curious, do you have a consultant, a CRM consultant who is actually making sure that the skills that you're teaching, I don't know what your CRM background is, so maybe that's the first question. And then the second question is, if you don't have a CRM background, do you have CRM professionals from different types of companies consulting on on what would be best to teach? Yes, absolutely. I've done a little bit of CRM work myself. However, that's not been professionally my main focus. The the other person involved in in running this program for for the whole four weeks is is Don Booth. He is just retired from a CRM position, though still consulting, where he was the chief archaeologist for SCI Engineering. And he's going to be joining and taking a leadership uh, role in the in the field program. So we're working together on this. I wouldn't certainly uh, go into this without that kind of collaboration with someone that has extensive experience in CRM, because it's important, I think, for students not only be trained by folks who have been in this for a long time, but also can give them, you know, good quality advice on how to proceed with their careers once they finish the program. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and where specifically is this field school? What kind of, I guess, are, are more specifically, my question is, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, you know block excavation, stuff like that, you know, doing the uh, doing the skills that are necessary. Does that mean you're jumping around for that few that four weeks and and, and going where the skills can best be applied? Or do you have a, a specific area that you're going to run this in? Yes to both questions. The, the <laughs> center, <laughs> we've been doing uh, archaeological research, all kinds in the lower Illinois River Valley for a long time. And so our focus will be there, which is this is where Campsville is located in the CA's Mm -hmm. headquarters. Right now, we've been uh, doing work at a uh, residential site from the late Woodland period in a Crawford Creek Valley, which is a little tributary to the Illinois Valley. And there are a number of sites that haven't had any or potential sites that haven't had any real work done at them. And so we're going to try, you know, to complement our ongoing work, we're going to try to work in there. However, you know, working in the lower Illinois Valley, as in other places, you know, there's the issues of permission from landowners. And so access to the sites, but we're going to try, we're going to try to work at a number of places so that students can get, you know, experiences with walkover, shovel testing and different strategies towards that. And we also plan to incorporate uh, both pre-Columbian and uh, some historic 
dominated work so that students get, you know, uh, appreciation of the range of contexts that they, they could be working and will be working. All right. Yeah. And along those lines of those experience, you're going to have a backhoe following behind them at 10 feet and an angry <laughs> rancher with a shotgun in front of them. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we haven't worked that into the syllabus. Again, this is our first shot. So maybe for the second session in, uh, in the fall. Right. <laughs> nice. I have a question, oh, uh, Jason. I, I'm wondering if you could take me sort of through the four weeks, like uh, how much time is going to yeah. be spent on lab work? Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of dovetails off the question we just came from. And also for the students themselves, do they all find their own place to live or are you living in tents or is the is there a oh, dorm? Wow. Just wondering about that. Wow. CD okay. motel room? No. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> What? Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of questions. So I, just yeah. sort of an overview without actually the syllabus in front of me, uh, the focus. So our, our general sort of work week is we will be doing five and a half days. So Monday through Friday and, you know, part day Saturday. Uh, there will mm -hmm. be lab and field work interspersed, whether that lab work be, you know, washing, uh, artifact identification, all those things, sure. as well as the different kinds of field work one might engage in. And so during those four weeks, the first two weeks, two and a half weeks are more focused on the field work, but it'll slowly transition into lab work and learning how to actually put the pieces of a report together too. That's one of the things that we really wanted to focus on is how all of this material that we collect all these observations, whether there are sites there or not, archaeological material or not, uh, how it is that this ultimately gets reported. And then supplemented with all of this uh, will be lectures from different specialties in archaeology and how that yeah. interacts with CRM, lectures and discussions of the relevant laws. And of course, these are going to you know, vary across the country. We can't focus on everything, but, you know, Illinois and the Midwest will be our example. And we hope that like with our other programs, that we give people a foundation where they can engage in the archaeology and relevant matter wherever they are in the, in the country. Right. So I'm, I'm curious now, obviously the lectures, you know, I love the idea of including the regulatory side of CRM. That's mm -hmm. so important. And there's so few people that understand it. I think it's a lot, you know, the more that you learn, the more you realize you don't know <laughs> when it comes to the regulatory side of things. <laughs> and the complexity of understanding obviously comes with a lot of time in the business. But for new entry-level archaeologists coming into the business, it's really important for them to understand that you know, CRM is the, the underpinning of CRM is regulatory. So mm -hmm. and, and really guides a lot of what we do. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. But as far as the lectures go, that's awesome. I am curious if there is a difference in how you approach the field work compared to how you would do it if you were just running a regular field school, which you've done for a long time. So is there a different approach to the actual methodology or the actual act of field work with respect to this TRM school? Oh, I, I think I understand what you're asking. Yeah, yeah in some degree, yes. Um, our sort of more traditional, for lack of a better word, field schools that we operate, these are sites where we expect to be doing excavation for at least a few years. And so there's sort of a long-term research goal and excavation strategy with that. With the CRM uh, program, we really are focusing on um, teaching people the phase one skills uh, that they would need, uh, including you know the uh, survey, surface collection, shovel testing, and all of that. And we do hope to incorporate a little bit of excavation because we expect many of these students, like any other field school, are going to come in with no experience whatsoever. So our mm -hmm. desire is to sort of give them the broadest uh, possible experience that we can within that four-week period. And granted, four weeks isn't that long. However, they are long days. Our, our our days start around 6.45 and uh, with some breaks in there, go to about 9 p.m. most of the week. Jeez. So it's going to be wow. an intensive program. Yeah. Well, I'd see you around okay. for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and, and I will say as far as the uh, housing goes, uh, the Center for American Archaeology has dorms in Campsville and the students will be staying there. And so the housing and you know food are all included in that. 
Okay. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. And that, that leads me to uh, a couple of quick questions before we probably go to break. So how many people are you taking this first time around? I believe the cap for the program is set at around 20. Okay. And so, you know, we're hoping that we can fill that, but we're aware this is a new program. And as often the case with these kind of new programs, we're going to try to do it with whoever shows up and hope that this can build into a, uh, a real experience that can contribute positively to, you know, sort of archaeology in general and CRM training and hopefully can serve as a model for, for others. Nice. Nice. And do you know, uh, you may not know this, but do you know the cost of the program? I don't off the top of my head, but I have it written down. It's, uh, I do. Oh, okay. I was about to say I have your, I have the website open. (laughs) It's $4,800 and I believe that's for eight semester credits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It says room and board arrangements. So it sounds like though, I was, I'm looking at the AIA uh, website. Mm-hmm. Are the room that is included? Those costs are includes your room and board, correct? Ro- room and board are included, so they'll have somewhere okay. to stay, and it feeds students and staff as well from Monday breakfast through Saturday lunch, and after that, everybody has time off till Monday morning again. Nice, got it. Okay, all right. Well, I think that's a good point to take our first break, and we will come back and continue talking about this awesome new field school. Back in a minute. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to episode 234 of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. And we are talking to Jason King about a new CRM-focused field school that they're running in Illinois here in a few months. And we're pretty pretty excited about it, I got to say. And one of the things I was wondering when you were talking about, you know, getting the, the real experience here, even including report writing, you know, some lab works and, and just seeing how all this comes together – have you thought about when you're looking at the future of this field school? I know it's early days now and the first time you guys have run this, but the first thing that ran through my head was some of those university programs we've talked about on the East Coast. I don't know if any in the West Coast are really, some, on, some have, but where they're actually like a CRM firm within the school and they're actually doing real CRM work, but they're not, they're doing it somewhat as a learning experience. But I was just wondering if you can get people in the field school a little bit early and maybe even like, I mean, writing real proposals and doing actual CRM projects, you'd have to pick and choose. It would be a little bit tough to, you know, to, to align things because you never know where the CRM project is going to be and what it's going to do and, (laughs) and entail. So I understand that aspect would be a little challenging, but is, has that been discussed in your guys's theorizing about the future of this program? It's been thought about, but not, not heavily discussed. And I think that'd be a great idea to really give students the experience of actually participating in a, a real CRM project that not just taught them, but accomplished the goals that this kind of archaeology is set out to do. You know, in our area, there, to my knowledge, really isn't a huge demand for that kind of work in in the area. So that's something that it's been on my mind and I would like to incorporate in the future. And of course, you know, this being the first year of it, there's going to be a lot of things that I'm sure we'll encounter yeah. and see different ways to do and ways to adjust and based on student and staff feedback. So really anything in my mind, you know, is is a possibility as we go forward, because our, our goal is to build a high quality experience for students at the center. Again, as I mentioned, our archaeology being more, quote unquote, research based. But, you know, our, our mission is really 
education, research, and stewardship and service. CFS, Mm -hmm. uh, theirs is education and trying to reach as many people in not just archaeology, environmental sciences to encourage these field careers. careers. So the more that we can teach and and teach well and the better experiences, the better off the program will be. So we're always going to be looking to build and find new ways for students to get good quality experience. For sure. Yeah, I, this is this is something we've talked about. I don't know, Jason, if you've listened to the podcast, but we talk about this a lot yes. <laughs> about having field schools that really do pr- produce students and young archaeologists or young, at least new archaeologists that are ready to actually work and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hit the ground running without having a whole lot of training. You know, I think proposals for, for people to get kind of the overall experience when it comes to this CRM discipline, I think understanding that from start to finish, this is what a project looks like, I think is important. But I don't think as far as a new archaeologist, I wouldn't like spend a lot of time on the proposal end of things because that's not something that somebody's going to be able to really dive into right a, right away. As a somebody who's hiring young archaeologists all the time and and wishes we had more, <laughs> you know, I just it's always surprising to me the lack of skills that people have. And yeah. it, it's shocking, actually, that mm-hmm. the universities are not preparing people to actually get a job. You're first of all, in CRM, you're going to make a lot more money than you would in academia if you stick with it. Or nonprofit work. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, that's what universities should be doing. Universities should be preparing their students to actually get a job in whatever it is that they're learning. Right. That that's the idea behind the university is to make sure people are hireable. And so as far as the field school, to me, the aspects that are really missing in those that we're getting applications from is just understanding the difference between a CRM survey and a academic survey, they're very different. It sounds like that is something that you're tackling. Mm-hmm. How about the speed? Are you going to be honest with them <laughs> that how you approach fieldwork in academia is very different than how you approach fieldwork in CRM? That is our plan. That is something that actually Don and I talked about the other day. The, the need for speed and the differences in really what counts as rapid or efficient, I should say, field work in an academic versus uh, a contract setting. I I will say that we try, and we're not always successful, even with our academic programs, efficiency is something we like to push, because even then you have a narrow window to get work done, and even more time constraints in the CRM world. We've had a lot of discussions, both amongst ourselves and with other professionals that we know in the field about what are the key things, and proposaling actually was something that came up in the discussions we realize we can't teach everyone everything and some of the lectures are meant to supplement that but we really like you said want to focus on the things people need to get out and get a job because so many people that we talk to and prep for this and we talk to some you know colleagues and friends around the country is that people go to field schools and they know about archaeology but they don't know about crm archaeology and essentially have to be retrained right from the beginning That's and we're hoping a successful, uh, successful program will sort of alleviate that need and help, you know, folks find jobs mm-hmm. because that's, you're right, that, that's what they want at the end. And not everyone is going to go into what you know, sort of the general public views as archaeology. Yeah, you know, Jason, I hear hear what you're saying. Just so you know, I teach a field school as well, but it's a completely different structure. I do Saturdays only every semester and I have a three semester course where it's like one semester is excavation, one semester survey and one semester is lab. Right. But we're Saturdays only. But uh, I I do take what you said to be so true, where you have to remember that you can't teach everyone Mm -hmm. everything, you Mm -hmm. know, and. And I know in terms of the speed, I don't even try and get my students to go at CRM speed. I just warn them, you know, Mm -hmm. I go like, look, if you were doing this really in the CRM world, it would go so much faster because I feel like 
if you give them the core skills, right, that's what's so important. Those basic core field schools, how to fill out the paperwork. You know, what is a 10 centimeter level? How does that go? Then they can rev it up. They'll, they'll be able to do it in the job world as long as they know what they're doing. So, you know, I, would, I wouldn't worry about the speed thing as much. Yeah. yeah, definitely, though, want to let them know that because that is something that you get the, the deer in the headlights, at least we do in the CRM world, where people are like, and actually some pushback. And, you yeah. know, okay, so you don't hire the person again, but <laughs> we're there's a real dearth of, of new archaeologists that are coming in. I mean, it's surprising. A lot of it is because we have so much more work now. But it used yeah. to be that there were too many, <laughs> that the world was kind of saturated with all these new archaeologists. And now we don't have enough to to do what it is that we need to do. And so I th- I totally agree with Andrew. And in fact, I'm actually an alum of Andrew's program. Hmm. And I think that that is why I've been able to be successful in my in my career is because I had that right off the bat, that real, the 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 real realistic idea of what CRM was. And I do agree that, you know, repetition, you can't start off and say, okay, we're going to have minimal expectations because speed is the most important. No, you have to have somebody who's really good at what they do, and then they can speed it up because it's become second nature over time. But they do need to have that at least introduction to understand that, you know, it's it's very different than if you're taking a field school in Greece or something or in Egypt mm-hmm. or yeah. Sure. And, and I think for the proposal thing, I think the only way that would work is maybe if you have returning students, yes. maybe there's students who already went through the program and you could have yeah. some sort of advanced thing where the, you mm-hmm. know, the students could come in and really try the proposal side after. Yeah, I was, sure. was going to ask you if you had thought about a staged school where you have, you know, 101, 201, you know, where they do come back after they've had a year in CRM and then have this opportunity to, because you, there are some companies, our company is good at training people up. There's a lot of companies that don't. And so mm-hmm. somebody ends up getting stuck doing phase ones for five, six, seven years or monitoring. And that's all they ever get, get to do because they're never taught. They're never trained, don't have on, on the job mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be valuable too. That actually staged uh, programming is is not something that we've discussed. If it, and if it's something we thought about, I, I'm forgetting that we thought about it. So that's certainly something to uh, take in <laughs> into account. And I've written it down now, so it, it's going to enter our discussions <laughs> soon. You know, with the, the issue of sort of training people and training them to be efficient and achieve sort of a pace that is needed for for real world CRM work. Efficiency is actually one of of our grading criteria for for our program in that Hmm. uh, we expect students to, you know, learn skills and then as they become more comfortable and work towards mastering them to incorporate into that, doing them, you know, in a more efficient manner. But, you know, as everybody knows, it's been on a field school field project or taught one, you know, hustle is a hard thing to teach sometimes, but it is part of what we (laughs) expect from students. I mean, uh, working year. from 6.45 to 9 p.m., they're going to be, uh, yeah. Field, <laughs> let me say, let me say, that that's, we sort of like uh, load gear then. Students were generally <laughs> after breakfast in the field. There are breaks, you know, lunch and sure. field work typically ends before dinner. And then the evening is lab work at, and or lectures, learning about, we'll be learning about reporting and that. So it's not, you know, from dust you know, till past, uh, yeah, or, physical, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is actually very similar to that Olduvai Gorge field school I did. It was three weeks, and we started right at sunrise. We were we were on our way out to the site because it was a little bit of a drive over bumpy roads, and then, I mean, we were going until probably eight nine p.m. at night, which included you know lunch and dinner and all that stuff, and they mm-hmm. always took like an afternoon siesta in the middle of the day because it's Africa. But the evenings were exactly that. It was lab work. It was some lectures, learning about the area, you know, things like that. So I, I actually really enjoyed that pace because while we were in, you know, the middle of Africa out near the Serengeti, like what the heck else are we going to do? There was no internet. There was no, <laughs> like, <laughs> so that actually was welcoming from that standpoint. But I think if you, yeah, you keep it engaging and, and you, and you, you just, you just kind of keep the momentum going. And, and as long as everybody gets along, I mean, that's kind of a big key part of it too. But you know, that's part of CRM projects too. And I mean, 
that's one thing I always tell people is if you don't like the current CRM project you're on, don't think about quitting like the business because that's what people new in the field do. Just move on to the next project. It'd be a whole new group of people. Right. <laughs> and a whole right. new right. thing. Right. So, you know, everything's going to change in four weeks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, along the lines of what some of you guys were saying earlier, who's going to be, I guess, administering the field school in actually in the field? Obviously, you're going to be out there. Do you have other people that are I don't know what the term is, like when people are you know, helping to manage the field school, you've got like t- a lot of times grad students and stuff that are kind of in those positions. And in the context of CRM, they would be probably crew chiefs. Mm-hmm. Like you would be like the project manager and you'd have like crew chiefs out there. Do you have people like that in the field this first time around? Uh, we we plan to yes. Both Don and I will be be with the students throughout the program. You know, one or one or one of us, if we have to step off, obviously for a little bit, yeah. that's not not a big deal. But we'll both be involved. Some of our staff has CRM experience because we have archaeologists and educators, and we also big long term, and we're hoping to for this very first one. Depending on enrollments, of course, is to actually hire people that are looking for that kind of experience too. So, you know, if they have adequate yeah. field experience and we could actually incorporate sort of a, a crew chief like position where they also get experience doing that. Um, the center strongly right. believes in sort of educational experience for everyone, including our staff and often our, our field, other field schools. That's in fact, what they're doing is learning how to lead a, a project too. So yes, that is something that is on the table and we're hoping to have a, a full complement. Uh, again, depending on enrollments, you know, if, you know, six people sign up, then we probably aren't going to have, you know, a, a, a crew of crew chiefs helping us. So, you know, we'll see how mm-hmm. it goes as it proceeds. Yeah, that is exactly where I was imagining this going, either bringing in existing people. I would, I mean, the cost comes down to, it's kind of a big thing with the cost for, especially for field technicians, right? If you want CRM experience, mm-hmm. you know, paying, paying a few thousand dollars for that crew chiefing experience might be a hard sell, even though it's a really good thing to do. And you can put that on your resume if you're not getting the experience elsewhere. And it, it might actually result in, you know, a job that pays you back that money or even mm-hmm. approaching CRM firms that want to get some people some really fast, really quick, you know, good targeted experience in something, maybe they would even sponsor it. I don't know, for some of their employees. I'm not sure if that if that would be in the cards or not. Sometimes it's hard to just give people that CRM experience in a in a in a position where you've got clients breathing down your neck and there's real world consequences if they screw it up. <laughs> so yeah. But that's really good. I, I like that where you're going with that. All right. You know what? I think we're going to take a quick break again. Heather, I see your hand up. So we'll get to that on the other side of the break and wrap up this discussion with Jason King about the CRM Field School they're going to be running in Illinois in a few months. Back in a minute. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Welcome back to the third and final segment of episode 234 of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. And we're talking to Jason King about a CRM field school coming up here in Illinois in May of 2022. Heather, you had a question at the end of the last segment. Sure. Actually, I mean, I, I was glad to hear that you're, you know, using this opportunity, Jason, to to educate your staff as well. I think that's awesome. I was right away, mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, you know, we were talking about how about a staged, you know, field school where people come back and thinking that that would be a perfect opportunity to have people then serve as, you know, like a crew supervisor. But I think Chris had kind of mentioned that. And I was wondering if you thought about actually teaming up or maybe doing, and this is just another idea you can add to your list. Obviously, you're not going to do it this time, but maybe teaming up with a CRM company 
and actually providing other kind of opportunities, monitoring. Monitoring is really important because, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, you just stick out the guy who's the least experienced and really monitoring should be the one who's got the most experience because they're the ones that are hopefully going to find something, right? Yeah. I've always said that because they're the ones, they're like the point person that everybody's looking at and they have to record and identify. Yep. Yeah. We always stick the green people out there. Yeah. If you don't have an experienced person, you know, you pick and choose. Obviously you have some projects that just have that element where they have to have monitoring, but it's really not necessary. I mean, you're working in fill and it's just something that the agency has required and silly. So you can put somebody out there and kind of give them experience and they're newer. But if you're in an area that has any sensitivity at all, I mean, you you really have to have an experienced person because they're the ones, Mm -hmm. if if they don't catch it, hopefully the backhoe operator catches it. (laughs) And if, but if neither one catch it, you're out of luck. And unfortunately, you know, the purpose of having somebody out there to preserve and protect is out the window. So just having, you know, thinking, that maybe that might be something in the future that I, I know it would be maybe a little difficult. Maybe it's kind of a, you know, you really have to work with a CRM company and then obviously you have liability with projects and things like that. But I think it's workable and I think it's yeah. really important because the monitoring is, you know, a really important and kind of sometimes ignored aspect of our of our discipline. Yeah, I agree. I uh, agree with all that. It'd be wonderful to, to work into the program. And uh, it, monitoring is on our list of important sort of skills and, and knowledge that that students should come out of the program with. Teaming up with CRM companies, CRM firms, and, and including our um, state CRM crews that are, you know, the at least in some form of interaction that will give students some perspective, you know, on the sort of the breadth and the variety and the dis- and the discipline is important. And so that is something we are looking forward to as we continue to build this program. You know, mm-hmm. we, we designed uh, these first two sessions and the second one is, is going to be adjusted in response to our experiences of the first. And again, we just want to keep building this in a way that makes it a high quality experience for really everybody involved. Yeah. So what I'm, I'm curious, what what are the regulatory aspects that you're going to be teaching? Our, our intention is to teach them about both the state and federal laws that affect our CRM and archaeology, whether that's okay. Illinois laws. Again, and this goes back to what I said earlier, that obviously state laws are going to differ by state and they need to be aware of that. But our, our we're using Illinois and what we do here as an example. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be learning that, learning about Section 106, uh, learning about NAGPRA, you know, anything, you know, that, that might be relevant consultation. And so we want them to we we want them to come out with sort of a workable knowledge for someone in an entry level position. Obviously, we know that these people, these students aren't going to exit field school and jump right into, you know, high level compliance and consultations. But we want them to be familiar with the the ethics, the laws, the language around them and and how they're thought about in a modern sense so that uh, they can better engage in the profession and grow their own careers. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on what you said, Jason. I think it's so important, the language they hear around them. Mm -hmm. You know, I I really try and get my students to know the stuff they'll hear on the site, you know, weird stuff to the to the common person, like what's an APE, you know, an area of potential effects, you know, acronyms. There's so much lingo and and jargon and just so they know when they're on the site, what somebody is actually talking about that. I just think that's really important. Yep. I, I agree 100 percent. And it really, you know, ties back to involving other professionals who are immersed in the profession to provide that for the students. And that's, you know, sort of the authenticity of experience that, you know, CRM professionals are going to bring to these students, which is why, for example, I'm not leading this just by myself, because I'm aware that that's not you know, my background, I have a little, a little, uh, but that's not my whole background. So, you know, learning the language, learning the culture around something is important too. So mm-hmm. we hope to give that to them. Great. So something I'm wondering about, because I also host the Archaeotech podcast is what types of 
technology are you exposing the students to that are used frequently in CRM? I'm thinking we'll talk about the first stuff on the basic level, like obviously submeter GPSs and I don't know, drones maybe for, for surface survey or sorry, landscape scale surveys, anything like that. Not too many CRM companies are using those, but some are. Uh, but I'm just wondering from a technological standpoint, you guys are bringing in. Well, we're... We're working on that. That's something Don and I are working on right now is, and again, this is the issue of trying to fit, you know, everything into a four week experience, <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. especially when, you know, you have daytime and you know, we got to account for weather and all that. Yeah. Our goal, though, is, you know, to give that with submeter GPS and uh, GIS, or GPS, GIS experience and bring in the things that are most commonly encounter. We do have plans to uh, bring out someone that specializes in drone technology and sort of high-tech approaches that can give them sort of a practicum and how to do those kind of things. That's on the books right now. We're trying to work out, you know, when that's going to happen and how it will. One of the nice things about the way our field school set up is we do that half-day Saturday, which allows us to adjust what's going to be done then. And we're hoping that if it all works out with the person I'm talking to, that they'll be able to come out. We'll spend sort of a, you know, part, a good part of a Saturday teaching people about the applicability of these to different environments and, and how it might be used. So we're trying to incorporate as much of that as we can into it and, you know, again, build into the future more uh, as appropriate. And what about like tablet recording? You know, you guys are going to be recording stuff in the field. Are you doing this on local state site forms on paper, right in the rain notebooks? Or are you bringing in some sort of digital recording aspect for that? We've looked into digital recording for the field school. It's super expensive. And it's not something we actually practice right now with our with our own field work. We're a more traditional kind of paper, pen or pencil approach to it. And I think mm -hmm. probably for this first one, maybe the first year, we'll stick to that. However, we've been actively investigating switching over to some sort of tablet-based approach to, to data collection. That, that's that's yeah. in the works, but yeah. it's not settled yet. Music to Chris's ears. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I do consult regularly for WildNote, which is a company based out here in California. And mm -hmm. You know, they don't have like Illinois specific site forms. I'm not even sure what Illinois state site forms even look like, but there are, you know, a good field school exercise would be using their form builder to actually build the forms and then use them in the field, including lab forms and all kinds of stuff. And then using those for data collection and then data extraction at the end. So let's have a conversation after this because there might be some, I can't promise anything, but there might be some yeah. deals that could work out for the, for the field school for sure. That would, that would be fantastic. I would highly suggest that just because CRM in general, except for, you know, smaller companies are really starting to, they finally started listening to Chris, <laughs> really starting to go digital. <laughs> We've been digital there. for a while, but it is, it's really important for, for the students to understand that that's, I mean, not that it's, it's not rocket science. It's not hard, really. It, actually, if you have a really good form, a good field form, yeah. it, it actually is easier because we, we have a lot of pull downs, a lot of, you know, a lot of drop down menus that kind of guide somebody through recording for monitoring or field, you know, their testing and whatever. Mm -hmm. So it actually makes the process easier. So maybe starting mm -hmm. with the paper is a good thing because, you know, then it, it helps the student understand the spirit behind recording rather than just filling in the blanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree, Heather. It's yeah. like the the first day I would do on paper because yes. if you're sitting out there with 20 students, you know, and they're like, I can't turn on my iPad, right. you know, <laughs> it's an extra problem. Yes. So it's like I would do paper that first day, but yes. then really intro them to the digital world, you know, during the, the project. For sure. I, I would say now, Jason, and you can take it for whatever it's worth. I, I have one little suggestion <laughs> as somebody, because you had mentioned GIS, as somebody who you know, I went back for another graduate degree in GIS. So I have one in archaeology and one in GIS. And I would say for such a small or for, for only four weeks, GIS is something that is really difficult to kind of wrap your head around in just a, a real, you know, short period of time. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, if you're working for larger companies, the skill is really not necessary because they had their own GIS mm -hmm. staff. But obviously, if you're working for a small company, GIS is important because the, the especially if it's a, you know, the, the owners aren't 
you know, they don't know how to do GIS. They really do rely on younger people that have that experience. But GIS is so difficult to teach. I would highly suggest, you know, definitely introducing them to it. But I don't just mm-hmm. don't see how you could teach them in a four weeks along with everything else that you're trying yeah. to teach. It is. It is a lot. And that's and, and that is part of a discussion that we have had. And, and I think, as you're saying, one of the things if we can't teach, say, for example, JS, you know, the doing of it again, it's understanding how what students collect, how they understand what they collect gets incorporated into these technologies, say, in the lab or uh, report writing or anything else, and just to understand how it is and how it all fits together. Because I think what's yeah. often missing in field schools in general is the process where in a misunderstanding that the field work and artifact washing and basic tabulation is an end to itself rather than the first step in the much harder part, which is interpreting, understanding and making decisions in the real world, whether those are research decisions or they're the decisions that those who have contracted archaeologists have to make. So, right. Right. You know, I would agree with Heather and just say that, well, while GIS would be a really difficult in that field situation, you know, GPS actually oh, yeah. has had really good success, you know, mm-hmm. where the students just go out with GPS units and record points. It gets them introed into like UTMs and that kind That's of stuff. Essential. Yeah. That works you really well. You have to teach that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's too many people that are coming into the, into the field that don't have that they don't even know how to use a compass it's shocking jason (laughs) oh oh, oh, no oh no i i I know and you know we not that it's uh this is this is a little off it's not crm but our education coordinator teaches a a day camp for fifth through eighth graders and they actually do a activity involves uh, maps and compasses with those kids because people don't know how to use a compass anymore (laughs) and so they do compass then they teach them gps And even then, as you all are saying, you know, there's so much mapping on phones now that are available, but it's so abstracted from recording basic data. And, you know, we make this assumption that everyone interacts with technology and should then be able to absorb those skills and learn them quickly. And really, you know, and and this isn't a complaint. I want my phone to be easy, too, but is, you know, several abstraction layers away from basic recording of data and and turning data into a representation of the real world. Mm hmm. So, so have, we hope they get that some out of our experience. I have one one question that's kind of geared towards the the end probably would be a good wrap up for the field school. And that is, are you going to be touching on how to get a job, what to expect from your first job and pay wise, what is appropriate? There's a lot of talk and I don't know if you're aware of it, but there's a lot of talk about people saying that people are not getting paid enough. And I, you know, I I agree with that. But entry level, we're seeing recently where people are asking for exorbitant hourly rates when they have zero experience, mm-hmm. none. And they are kind of jumping on this bandwagon of archaeologists aren't paid enough. But when you're an entry level with no experience, you're not going to be making 28 an hour. And there are people right. 30 an hour. There are people that are asking for that. So it would be, I just as a Somebody who's hiring at CRM have a favor. <laughs> would you? <laughs> I really think it would be good to kind of give them the reality of of what they can expect, pay wise, and and what what does the first year as an archaeologist in CRM look like? Absolutely, absolutely, and then that again is why it's so important to have Don and then others involved in the field school to who are immersed in the profession and to be able to answer those kind of questions and help uh, the students understand really what is the field about and what are those experiences about. So absolutely, that is part of mm-hmm. this. We view this not just as a field school, but really as a job training program, and we're hoping that students when they leave will be armed with good information that will so they'll have reasonable expectations for what archaeology jobs are like and and how they can get one and so yes that is something we definitely will be will be talking about with them i think i think during those evening lab sessions you just have the crm archaeology podcast running in the background and you'll be good to go so there you, know, you go 200 plus episodes <laughs> i like that <laughs> right right it's extra credit you know after the nine That's o'clock right. bed. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, Jason, hey, it has been fantastic talking to you. I really do wish you guys a, a lot of success during this this first go round. I mean, like like a lot of new companies and early projects, there's probably going to be some hiccups, but you guys will learn from it and, <laughs> and move on and have an even better program next year. That's and right. It's really encouraging. And I hope other people listening to this think that this sounds like a, a really good idea, because as we mentioned, even on the show here, CRM is different in different locations. And ideally, people who want to work in a certain region would be able to pick a, you know, a CRM based field school in that region that they perhaps want to work in. And and it might even give them that uh, that initial bit of experience that people always say regional experience. But how the heck do you get regional experience if you don't live there, work there or go to school there? So, you know, that's that's a that's a common problem as well. So. Anyway, thanks again for this. This has been fantastic. And maybe we can talk to you again in the summertime after the field school is over and see how it went. Get a catch up. Awesome. That that would be fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I, I enjoy this very much. Mm-hmm. And, and if I could, let me just say that if students are interested, they can sign up at fieldsciences.org or they can find information about the program also at the Center for American Archaeology's website, ca-archaeology.org. And, you know, we're looking forward to, we're looking forward to doing this. We're very excited about this program and, and anticipate this being a very popular one and good for everyone involved going forward. Awesome. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes. So look down at your phone, pull up the notes and the links are right there and then go sign up for this field school, especially if you were a, a student right now getting ready to graduate and don't know what the heck you're going to do with your life. This would be a great start. <laughs> this would be a, a fantastic start to getting that experience. And, and it sounds like not only could you put this down as this is your field school under your education and requirements, but this is a CRM project, guys. So put it down as a job. It's not, I mean, you're, you're paying to be there, but put it down as work experience, not just a field school, I would say in this particular mm-hmm. case. That might be controversial, but that's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree. No, I, I think I think it's important because it separates it. All right. Well, thanks again. And we will see everybody in a couple of weeks. That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archpodnet.com slash podcast. Please comment and share anywhere you see the show. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or just email chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Support the show and the network at arcpodnet.com slash members. Get some swag and extra content while you're there. Send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. Thanks to everyone for joining me this week. Thanks also to the listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you in the field. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. Till next time, my friends. Thank you for joining everyone. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster and Rachel Roden. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Become.